Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky, or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command the stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. What is up, everyone? It is another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. It is your host, Julian Hayes II here, and I am stoked today with my guest. I'm speaking with Phil Daru, world-renowned strength and conditioning coach. He's a podcast host. He has trained some of the most elite fighters and athletes in the world. Um, a lot of people you see on TV right now, he is part of the genius behind that machine that you see every weekend. So, Phil, what is up, man? How's it going? What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, and and I like I like what you said there. You know, health for busy entrepreneurs and businessmen. Um, I'm actually on the road right now, so I get that wholeheartedly. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. You know, I I see I see a lot of similarities between MMA and just entrepreneurship. And I think we talked a little about it at the beginning. You were talking about just the mental stress of of your athletes. And I, yeah. I see that a lot of times in business as well. So um, before we go into your background, I'm curious about how do you manage that, that day-to-day stress between juggling, between your fighters, and there's a lot, there's a lot on the line there, and then you yep. also have a business, and you also have a family. Yep, yep. Well, again, I like to get up super early. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how I start my day. I get up at 4.30 a.m. Um, for the most part, you know, I have, I have a five-year-old. I have two teenage daughters. I have my wife. So I like to get up, get up, get what I need done, um, you know, more so just for peace of mind and then also giving them the time that they that, you know, they deserve. Uh, so I'll get all that done before they wake up and also organizing my day, um, having a team around me that will help me when I need it. Um, and again, it, it allows me to not have to micromanage. I can delegate out tasks that I know that are going to be important for overall growth and progression. But again, Organizing my time efficiently, like this podcast, the same thing. Um, everything that I do has a schedule. Um, everything that I do has a time frame on that schedule. So I want to make sure that I'm always hitting my mark with that. And that allows me to do so many things in the day, throughout the weeks, throughout the year, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let's dive a little into your background. So were you an athlete? You were an athlete growing up. Um, did you know yeah, that you... Life. Did you know, I guess from the start, did you know that this is what you were going to be doing in this capacity? Um, you know, 
to a degree. I knew that I was going to be teaching and coaching at some level. Um, I don't know when or where, um, but I did, you know, find that I was a good leader. And when it come down, when it comes down to sports, I was always a captain of all my teams. Um, I had a knack for understanding direction and going for certain goals and setting up visions aligned with my particular, uh, whatever I was doing at that particular time. Right. So that I kind of got, and then I, I, I got to realize that I was really good at leading people in the right direction. So with that, you know, after I was done, I played college football. After I was done with that, I needed to compete still. I'm still a natural competitor. Um, still had, I still was young, fairly young, you know, I was probably mid, like early twenties. So started doing MMA then, um, have a martial arts background as well. So it kind of just worked well together. Um, and at the same time, I wanted to open up my own gym because I was sick of having to basically chase around certain gyms for my guys to go in and train. And also I just didn't like the way the gyms were being ran at the time. So I, I decided to open up my own facility. I'm very young, not really having too much business sense in mind. Um, I had to learn on the go with that more so because I wanted, I had the passion for teaching other individuals how to do things and then coaching them up. Um, and also my teammates um, actually asking for them, for their help, for my help. So it helped me out um, to understand how to get an individual ready to go, whatever the case may be. And then from there, you know, it just kind of grew, you know, and I, and I started to grow from, from experience. And that was, that was the major things having that background of, of knowledge, but also the experience at hand every day uh, for the past now 12 years mm -hmm. of coaching. Yeah. So you have a very nice training center right now and, and I'm sure that it did not start that way. So what, what were, um, what were some of the, your, your lessons that you learned the hard way in terms of, cause I'm sure you probably started a very small box gym, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually I started in a 800 square foot storage facility. Um, I was 22 years old. I actually met my wife there and the major thing that I've learned was that not to grow too fast, believe it or not, take my time, um, be impatiently patient, if that makes sense, be impatient in the fact of always trying to get better in each you know, circumstance of what you're trying to accomplish and, and setting those little goals and accomplishing them, but also being patient in the long run and not trying to rush the process and enjoying that process accordingly. And from there, you know, I think that another thing was just organizing my day. Like I said, is organizational skills, putting people in the right places to be successful based on their own skill set and not trying to do everything myself and micromanage everything. That was the that was the major things that I took away um, at a young age. And now I'm a little bit more, like I said, a little bit more patient, all right? And I also make sure that I have a solid team around me so that everything runs smoothly. Yes, and I think I heard you on another podcast. You were talking about the power of relationships and growing your business. And mm -hmm. and how'd you, what do you mean by that? How'd you use relationships? Because a lot of times when we think about growing business, we think about just a lot of times, and especially in the, the, the fitness industry, um, it's, I think we forget about relationships that is relationship business. And we think about just going yeah. to sell or we think about just going to study for more certifications, get more knowledge. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to be selfish in that aspect. You have to make sure that you are self-learning and, and getting better from, an, you know, from your own individual 
weak points that you would say, and you got to know yourself too as well and what you are strong at and what you are weak at. And then you would fill those gaps. But what I mean by that is having the ability manage out the things that you know that you are not the greatest at. Find those individuals that can help and take some of that, that weight off of your shoulders, right? Because they may be really good at that particular thing. So when I develop these communication skills with these individuals and these relationships, along with being a leader in my own right, I can lead them in the path that's going to get them in the best position to be successful based off of their own individual strengths. And that's the main thing. It's like a lot of people get too selfish or they get too big headed and they think that they don't need any help. At the end of the day, if you want to be successful, you better have a a successful crew around you so that you can all uplift each other. Mm -hmm. You just got to lead the way, right? Not just steer the boat, but also navigate through all these situations. And if you can navigate, steer the boat, lead in different ways, put people in the right direction or put people in the right place to help you in the direction that you want to go from your overall vision, you will be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about leadership there. And I I know with athletes, we have a healthy ego to put it lightly. And, (laughs) and how do you manage such, I guess, how do you get the buy-in with strong personalities Mm -hmm. like that? And I I think now it's a little easier because you have all of this, um, you have all this proof behind you, but at, at the very beginning, as you were developing your career, and you were getting that buy-in, how'd you get the buy-in there and lead such strong personalities? Well, I think you have to be direct. You have to be truthful, honest. Um, You know, you have to have, you know, a level of, a level of ability to communicate with an individual on their level, if that makes sense, right? Uh, Authenticity, authenticity is is key for me. You know, if I'm looking at a person, I'm making sure that they are 100% real at all times right? We have to have the ability to be transparent, communicate properly. Um, and I'm always direct. I'm not going to tell somebody one thing, go behind their back and tell them something else, right? Tell somebody else, something else, right? I'm going to always tell them what I feel at any given time, whether it be good or bad, right? If you're doing the right things, I'm going to tell you you're doing great. If you're doing the wrong things, I'm going to tell you you need to pick it up. And for that, I think that people respect that in a way. And then obviously you going out there and leading by example is another key factor where people are going to want to be around you. But if you're saying one thing and doing another, well, then that's automatically going to bring down the respect factor that you may or could get. So again, like I said, being transparent, leading by example, and always being direct when you talk to an individual. Yeah. And then you also had your background as a fighter as well. And then transitioning to the coach. So how was that transition? What, what made you decide to change? Um, I mean, well, first of all, it was, it wasn't really something that was in my control in a sense. I think that, well, in the most part, if you don't know my story, um, I ended up developing about, I would say roughly eight concussions, right? Over my past 20 years of, of competing in, in American football and in MMA. So those, those concussions accumulated over the years and it was a health issue at that point. So at the age of 26, I got my last concussion. It was actually a freak accident. Um, I was in training. We weren't even training hard. Uh, one of my teammates actually, we were drilling and basically what drilling is, is, is basically practice. It's like 50, 60% of, the, of a live go. And he came down the wrong way on a kick and hit me in the back of the head, got concussed. 
and I just didn't feel right. Like I've, I've gotten rocked a lot of times, um, whether it be in practice, when you're, you know, when you're playing football, I, I think my first concussion, I was probably seven or eight years old. So you get those a lot, but this one was different. I didn't, I didn't recover properly. And so I went to a neurologist and we ran some tests and he basically told me if I don't stop by the, you know, by the age of 50, you know, at a fairly young age, uh, I'm going to have Alzheimer's and probably not going to be able to live my life the way I want to. At this point in time, I was also going back to try to get my PhD and my son was just born. Plus my business was, was thriving. So I had a, had a decision to make and me being a coach and an athlete at the same time, um, in the same sport that I was actually coaching in, was very difficult to do because I because the focus wasn't there. And I think that if you don't have a a driving focus for what you're doing, you're ultimately going to leave. You're you're going to not finish the way you want to, right? You kind of come up short in a sense. So what I what I found was that you know, if I were to do this and I want to do this properly, I want to do this the best that I can do. I need to have ultimate focus in what I'm doing. So I came to the conclusion and I finally came up with the decision to stop training or stop fighting and stop competing in the sport that I was actually coaching, which was MMA and start going full go on my coaching. And then from there, I believe that my coaching got 10 times better. Because I was able to focus in on each individual that needed my help. I was able to focus in on getting better at my craft. And I still had connections with my fighters in another way because they know that I was at that level at that point in time. So that was the true buy-in from the athlete and the understanding. And they found that I actually cared about them because I gave up my own stuff for them. Mm-hmm. So that's how mm-hmm. it ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, I'm, and this is just curious. I'm just curious about this. After working with so many athletes, what do you see? What's that little, the little, I'm sure it's a few things, but the good fighters and the truly elite fighters, because mm-hmm. talent only takes us so far. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that as well, that a lot of us, we have a lot of, a lot of the same information, but then there's this, those other it factors that kind of helps yeah. us stand out. Yeah. Um, it comes down to mental, mental fortitude, in my opinion. Um, the greatest athletes, the most elite athletes have the ability to overcome obstacles to again, focus in on the task at hand, no matter what's going on around them. You look at the best fighters in the world. They're able to cope with the stresses put upon them from outside sources and inside sources. Right. When that comes, when that time comes where they have to rise to the occasion, they have the ability to do so because they have the mental fortitude to overcome any obstacle. Mm-hmm. You may be physically gifted, genetically gifted to fight, to be strong, to be powerful, to have great conditioning. But if you can't put it together from a psychological aspect, you're not going to go to the highest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And let's talk about a little bit your, your, your training philosophy. Um, because with fighters, I feel like, you know, it is, there's so many variables and you know, you, they have, I'm sure they have their, they have, they have their fighting coaches mm-hmm. and then I'm sure they have a nutrition coach. Then they have you and they might even have other people. So when you're thinking about programming, like what do you take into account? Like what's your general philosophy when you're getting fighters ready? 
like everything, I'm making sure that I'm taking into account all the other stresses that are put upon them throughout the days and throughout the weeks and camp. So again, I have to be mindful of, of their schedule. I have to be mindful of their background of training. I have to be mindful of the intensities of the other training that's going on around them, especially in MMA, because it's a mixed bioenergetic demand sport. But on top of that, it's a mixed modality sport. So again, they're going to be working three, maybe even four different things in a day. And then throughout that week, so accumulation of fatigue will grow. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at the acute and chronic workload of the entire week, months, all, all the way up into the year. Uh, I'm also looking at, you know, seeing how well they can recover, right? How well they can take on stress, whether it be physically or mentally. And so with, from, from, my own, from my own way of doing things, I like to make sure that I can categorize whatever it be, whether it be a methodology, a modality of training, exercise selection, uh, movements, things of that nature. I'm going to make sure that it's categorized to that individual based upon their subjective needs. Mm -hmm. So again, we can work in groups, but the systems may stay the same. But as far as exercise selection, tempo, you know, training intensity, that's going to be subjective per individual. Mm -hmm. You can see that on some of my videos where I have multiple guys maybe fighting at two different times, right? You may have a guy that's two weeks out as opposed to a guy that's eight weeks out, but they're heavyweights, so they have to work together, right, in the same time frame. But I have coaches with me. I have assistants with me. I have interns with me that can help me when it comes down to making sure that they are doing their subjective programming based upon their individual needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let's, let's talk about training just like the average – maybe 35, 40 year old, high performing entrepreneur. Um, because I'm thinking, you know, some people might be listening. They're like, well, I'm not really training to get into octagon or go into boxing sure. and get ready to fighting. But I think it's very similar because as you mentioned, there's a system that must be factored in. There's a lot of different stresses. There's a psychological stress. There's an emotional stretch or stress. Mm -hmm. There's work, whatever our business is. And that's kind of how entrepreneurship is in, in terms of staying healthy. You have to factor in all yep. those things. So how, how would you go about maybe programming for for that type of person well then you have to take into again those all those stresses because stress is systemic so i'm going to look at their daily living i'm going to look at you know psychological stresses their home life things of that nature and then we're going to basically put together a solid program that's going to give them the biggest bang for their buck right the exercise selection the methods all of that all of that thing that can get the stuff that they need done whether whatever goal that they're trying to do whether it be burn fat live a healthier lifestyle, gain mobility, gain some strength. And then I'm going to make sure that is the focus point, right? And I'm also going to make sure that we are undulating the intensities and volume throughout the week so that we don't overtrain them or we don't overstress them. You know, you need a little bit of stress to cause an adaptation, but not an overstress to cause, you know, more of that chronic fatigue. So I'm looking at that factor. And if you, if anybody out there that is a high level entrepreneur or just somebody who is really, really busy like myself, you have to make sure that you can find the time throughout the weeks to get something in, whether it be 30 minutes, whether it be 10 minutes, get something that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Get, get, do something that is going to uplift you, give you better energy, help you in your daily living, help you in your business, something like that. I know when I do a workout, I feel 10 times better. I know when I'm training for something or doing something to get me better from a physical standpoint, it's going to help me mentally as well. 
And that's going to take over when I go into, you know, anything that has to do with my business or anything that has to do with my leadership qualities that I need for my individual, uh, you know, the people that I work with, the people that work for me on my team. And again, I'm leading by example. So at that point, you're setting the baseline of readiness throughout the days, throughout the weeks, throughout the years. Yeah, I often say that as an entrepreneur, you're not just training for your body, but you're training for your brain as well. And, sure. you know, a big part of that is also in, is recovery, especially as we, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of myself now that, you know, I'm 34 and I'll admit, I, one thing I didn't really pay attention to a lot earlier was mobility work, flexibility. Yeah. Because I just took mm-hmm. it for granted. And that's one thing now that I have to, I actually have to warm up now. I can't just go in there and just throw some plates on there and just, get going but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah so, I, I, I feel i feel like with me uh i'm 31 you don't look 34 by the way i look older than you man so you're doing a good <laughs> job somehow you're staying stress-free i see um i would say you know mobility is the baseline of readiness for everybody right if you don't have proper mobility if you don't have proper joint integrity and articulations of each joint capsule it's going to be very hard for you to move and to stay safe underneath load. So we need to have that active end range control. We need to have the ability to move with great movement, with great proprioception, with great kinesthetic awareness. And then what that's going to help with is that's gonna help you get stronger, gain that conditioning that you need or endurance that you need um, because you're just putting your body in a better position to do work. Yeah, I think I heard you, one of your videos, you, you were talking about the difference between flexibility and mobility. And I think a lot of times we put those two together. So what's your for the, for the listeners, what's your difference in that? I guess, I guess the general way of putting it and the most easiest way to put it is flexibility is passive Mm -hmm. range of motion where mobility is active and range of motion, right? Mm -hmm. So active control in those end ranges. That's if you put strength and flexibility together, in my opinion, right? At the end range, you need to be strong in each joint capsule. You need to be able to get into a position, but also be able to move in that end range of that position. So for my jujitsu practitioners is simply, you know, always put this analogy together for them because they like to, you know, they like reframing because they can understand it a little bit better. If I were to stack someone, right? And a stack is really where you basically throw somebody's legs over their head to go to pass their guard. Now, if I were to go to stack someone, right? They may have the passive and range control or passive range of motion and flexibility mm-hmm. to get their feet over their head, which isn't an issue. But if they are not able to move in that passive end range, then they're going to get their guard passed anyways. So you need to be able to have control in that end range so that you're strong there at, and also have the range of motion to get there. So there's two ways. I don't think that flexibility is um, unnecessary. It all is obviously necessary, but I do believe that mobility trumps flexibility when it comes to hierarchy of importance. Mm, okay. What are some of your other um, go-to methods for recovery as you're, when you're uh, working with your athletes? I mean, for the most part, I'm gonna keep it really general with this one. Sleep and proper nutrition is going to trump everything, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have proper, if you're not sleeping properly, you know, if you're not eating properly, that's going to be an issue right then and there. If you're not properly hydrating yourself, that's going to be an issue there. There's other things, you know, like ice baths and saunas, um, myofascial release treatments, getting massage, um, and then also going for walks, doing aerobic work after a hard training session just to get blood flow, 
just to get oxygen to the lungs and to the brain. That's going to be very important. Um, when it comes down to supplementation, you can take things like omega-3s. You can take things like turmeric for inflammation of the joints and of the tendons. Um, um, gut inflammation too, like things like collagen and, um, you know, and, and ginger and things that will help with coping with stresses. That's the main thing. And usually I would put that in, um, if they are getting proper sleep, if they are getting proper nutrition, then it was going to be the X factors. Um, if it's something is still going wrong where they can't recover and it may just be, you're not programming properly. You're not putting the right amount of volume, intensity, and time and in, in duration of your training. Mm -hmm. You may be doing too much. You may not be recovering for the next training session. You know, stretching obviously is going to be key too as well when you, when you have, when I'm talking about flexibility too. So this is where it comes into play. This is where it's important. Uh, passive stretching, uh, that, that helps relieve tension. Um, nasal breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, that's going to relieve tension. That's going to bring the body back down to a parasympathetic state or rest digest state. Those things are going to be important. I like to do that post-workout where we're doing breathing techniques um, we'll do box breathing where you're breathing in five seconds in five second hold five second exhale and you'll do that repeatedly for about five to ten minutes with your feet up in a 90 90 position because i want them to breathe 360 throughout their spine so again it's it's all about it's all about understanding what's great for you and and then again you can go from there yeah the breathing is very important i um I, i'm just i've for some reason i've always just not paid as much attention to that until recently. And I'm actually getting ready to talk with a, a breathing expert probably in a few weeks who's, um, right. so I'm definitely looking forward to listening to that, but, or actually, who, who is it? Who is it by the way? Who is it by the way? It'll be uh Patrick McCow. He wrote the book, the oxygen yeah. advantage. So I'm, I'm actually certified in, in Patrick's methods. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So we use a lot of breath holds. We use a lot of nasal breathing techniques. I also use a, uh, an SPO two or, uh, I measure off their SPO2 mm -hmm. with the pulse oximeter and he'll, he'll go through all of that um, when he gets on your podcast. But yeah, I've been, uh, I've been certified through him. And then also uh, Brian McKenzie has a mm -hmm. lot of great things on him. I'm probably going to get him on my podcast um, pretty soon. Um, and that's where I got the box breathing from. So yeah, there's a lot of good information out there when it comes down to breathing techniques for sure. Yeah. Cause I just, I have a Patrick sports mask. I just got it in. And so I've been using it a little nice. bit to train. And so mm -hmm. it's, I'm noticing a little difference already just in like my performance and everything. So, but well, um, I think, I think, I think with the sports mask, I think that that's going to increase your ability to diaphragmatically breathe, mm -hmm. right? That's going to, that's going to help with strengthening up the diaphragm, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then from there you can actually get in oxygen a little bit better because you're strengthening up the muscle that actually improves on in inhalation. So. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so now I'm going to go through a few more rapid fire questions as we wrap up here. So the first one is, I'm just curious. So when you're watching your, when you're watching your fighters, mm -hmm. you know, you're watching them get ready to go in the ring. Are you nervous, excited? Uh, Cause I think one of the, your guys, uh, was it Dustin recently? He, he uh, yeah. Dustin Poirier, he got the belt, right? Uh, well, he won, he won the interim belt. Yeah. And then he lost the, the, the real title to Habib, mm -hmm. who is, probably one of the best fighters in the world. So that fight I was really nervous for because the thing with that is like going with your question is that you don't have control. Yeah. When I was fighting, like I knew I was in control. So I got less nervous for my own fights. And a lot of coaches will tell you this, they get less nervous for, you know, for their own fights as opposed to their fighters. Mm -hmm. And that's because again, the level of control is out, you know, once they close the cage, it's all on them. And for me, I didn't even, I wasn't even able to travel with him. So I was watching on TV where 
you know, I've had, we've, we've been through multiple world championship fights with Joanna, um, Junior Dos Santos, you know, and I don't want to name drop, but you know, with bigger names, high elite athletes. And, um, and when the, when the ramifications of what's going to happen get so high, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just, it's almost like you're watching your kids fight, you know, yeah. or compete, you know, and I, I, it's not like I'm saying that they're like my children, but at the end of the day, I care enough about them like they're my own. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because we're that close. And I feel like every coach should have that relationship with their athlete, no matter what it is. So, you know, it, when I watched Joanna fight um, against Zhang Wei Li in Vegas, that was probably the toughest fight I could ever watch because it was just back and forth battling, scrapping it out. It was probably the hardest fight she's ever been in on top of the greatest fight she's ever, she's ever put together. I think that she performed very well. I was so proud, but also very nervous and a little bit, I want to say, I don't want to say scared, but you know, again, I'm like, damn, you know, it's a lot of damage. Yeah. Luckily she, she's fine and she's living her life to the fullest. But at that particular time I was like, damn, you know, but worked out well to a degree, you know, she didn't win the fight, but I feel like she won the fight morally. In that yeah. Way. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't even I don't even know any of the fighters, and I'm watching sometimes. And I'm just like, damn, like that's a damn, that's a, that's a tough, damn, that's a shot. Like, ah, yeah. you know. So, yeah, especially I, when you know, especially when you know, like how bad that's going to hurt the next day, and yeah, <laughs> and like once once all the you know all that stuff comes down, like your you know your 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 adrenaline dumps down, and then now you feel everything that you that you went through in the fight. So I get yeah. It. Yeah. So, um, what's your definition of success? I believe having the freedom to do what you want to do and, and influence as many people as possible Okay. by doing the thing that you love. Right. I like it. And so uh, what's two to three books that have made a major impact on your life? Organizing tomorrow today. Okay. One. And again, it sets up my organizational skills. I think, um, how to win friends and influence people. Um, and then also, believe it or not, I I am really, really getting in, into um, the new book by Robert Greene. Um, Laws of Human Nature? Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost through it. And it's like it's changing my perspective a little bit on how people think and how people <laughs> react to certain situations. <laughs> yeah. Know? I always say when you read his books, I've read, I read all of them. When you read his books, it's, it's a different world that you see. It's just, yeah. you can't go back into, in, into the yeah. world you existed because you just see things so differently. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. He's one of my favorite writers. Um, love his books. Nice. So, um, who's in your musical starting five and this can be a band. It could be a rap group, solo artist. Who's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm kind of eclectic. You know, I like, I like a bunch of different people, but you know, I guess nothing will beat like Tupac. Okay. Like old school guys, you know, uh, That's Tupac, what I'm talking about. yeah. Like I biggie too. I mean, I'm not discriminating West yeah. side, East side, you know? Um, and then like new school, a little bit, I like Meek Mills, you know, I'm, I'm, when I go to train, I like that. I, that was actually one of my walkout songs, um, that he did. Um, Drake, obviously is in my playlist, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I'll have some rock groups. I really don't know their names, but I still rock them, you know? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So you must be a hip hop guy. 
pretty much, man. I grew up, yeah. I grew up, I grew up in that in that era, man, where you know hip hop and rap culture was was high. So it still is, but you know, it's a little different now. You know what I mean? The kids a little different. You know that. It, it yeah, it you doesn't. Know? Yeah, it just doesn't have that oomph behind it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I got my high school. I got my high school kids though, liking liking Tupac. So okay, good. They're, they're, Go with me now. <laughs> that has to be part of any curriculum. Anytime you you got you're around a group of people, you you at least got you got to you got to you got to put you got to put his discography on. For sure, man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he changed the game, man. For sure. Yeah. So um, all right. So we got you know you got a bottle of wine, or if you're not a wine drinker, or, you, or beer drinker, or tea, which whiskey. one are you? whiskey? Whiskey. Okay. Whiskey. whiskey. I'm a lightweight, and so uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 down for the count probably after like two. So I so you got a bottle of whiskey and. Um, yep. You can invite three people to join you and set a round table. Okay. And who okay. would they be? Who would they be? Okay. Dead or alive? And it excludes your family. Damn. So pack uh, question. <laughs> Hold on. The first one that came to mind was Warren Buffett for some okay. reason. Um, just just his views and how he was able to invest in so many different things and and, and know where to put his money in. Mm-hmm. I think that, that was something that's very intriguing for me. Um my mentor is going to be Louis Simmons, um, yeah. Westside Barbell. Mm-hmm. Louis is just funny, man, and, he, and he's always helped me out directly and indirectly. Um, third one, I only need three. Just three. Just three? Damn. Unless you want right. to pull up an extra seat. You want to pull up some extra seats? I got to pull the extra seat up. Hold All right. <laughs> this Bru- is the first. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Bruce okay. Lee. Okay. See, I'm eclectic, though, right? Business. I like that, right? though. Artistry. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's my three. I could probably do like a, a round table of eight, but I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> and the, the last one, I wanted to be an artist. Um, I want to be an artist. Change the game, you know. Man, I, I go back to Tupac. Yeah. I just, I just, just want to see. I just want to, you know, pick his brain. How much stuff he's been able to do in that little bit of time was just crazy to me. So... Those are my four. I would pick like eight of them, but you ain't giving me enough time. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I, next time. I have Tupac up, uh, uh, like on w- one of my uh, digital boards here, just because he's so prolific. Uh, and like he yeah. created, I think it was all eyes on me. I think he created mass in like a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that just reminds me, like when I'm like, if I want to take all this time to produce something, like Tupac made this album in a few weeks. Why can't I get I this kind of workout? You know, so, so yeah, man. So the last question here is: somebody comes up to you, they tap you on the shoulder, and they're like, "Phil, what are three things I can do today to start becoming a superhuman entrepreneur? What are those three habits that you're going to tell them?" I'm going to tell them: adopt the mindset of consistency. Mm-hmm. Be willing to be in solitude enough oh, I like for that you one. to get get the job done and then also improve on your ability to be patient. Ooh, I like that one. I like those. Awesome. That's a great way to end it. And so lastly, where can we find out more information about you? Uh, well, I got my website is the mm-hmm. My Instagram is at the My Twitter is at the and uh, my, my YouTube channel, Phil the Strong. You can check it out put up a bunch of videos there too as well. So that's where you can find me. Awesome to hear it, man. Phil, thank you so much for joining me, man. This was an awesome conversation, man. And um, I'm, I'm personally enjoying the program. I'm using one of Phil's programs right now. So I, I definitely recommend it. My man. Appreciate it, brother. No problem, man. 
If you are a high-performance entrepreneur, leader, or executive looking to supercharge your energy and become the most enhanced version of yourself without the guesswork, and you're tired of cookie-cutter templates, randomly guessing and hoping the next thing will work, and you actually want a precise and bespoke health optimization and performance roadmap that is in-depth, data-driven, and custom-tailored specifically for you, then my superhuman coaching programs are probably a good fit for you. No stones will be left untouched. Now, it's not a good fit for you if you're someone who does not want to invest the time, the commitment, nor the energy into getting the results. But if you are someone who is ready to start their end of one journey, upgrade their body and brain with precision, and truly live a limitless life, I invite you to apply by heading over to theartoffitnessinlife.com forward slash us, and you'll get the opportunity to talk with me for 60 minutes, and we'll take a deep dive into where you currently are and where you're trying to go, and then we'll decide if this is a good fit for you and me. And if it is, I'll extend an invitation for us to work together. Once again, to apply, head over to theartoffitnessinlife.com forward slash us. I look forward to hearing from you.